From Madison, Wisconsin, World Dairy Expo presents The Dairy Show, the digital meeting place of the global dairy industry, where we sit down to talk cows, cutting edge technology, and the colored shavings. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to The Dairy Show. I'm your host, Katie Schmidt. And joining me this week to talk about World Dairy Expo and what has been happening, especially over this past month, but really this past year, is World Dairy Expo's board president, Bill Hageman. So welcome to the show, Bill. Thanks, Katie. It's a pleasure to be here. I'm excited about uh, the journey and what we can share with the listeners. Yeah, well, and before we get into that, I'm going to have you take a minute and introduce yourself, share a little bit about your background in agriculture and, and what you do for Expo. Well, actually, I'll start at the end and work my way back. I'm currently the president of World Dairy Expo's board of directors uh, as of 2019. Before that and moving into that position, I've been on the executive committee for quite a few years. Uh, I started as an at-large director with the World Dairy Expo board of directors in 2008. I graduated from the University of Wisconsin-Madison in uh, the 1980s with a degree in dairy science and animal and a master's in animal genetics. I took an AI industry position with Sirepower, uh, an AI company at that time located in, in Pennsylvania. Uh, they've since merged in and they're part of the Select Sires family. And after that, I transitioned to a role with uh, CMEX, where I'm currently the USA genetics manager and I've been with CMEX for over 20 years. As far as World Dairy Expo, previous to that, I kind of cut my teeth with World Dairy Expo as a youth showed on the colored shavings, and uh, also was a youth participant in the dairy judging, uh, collegiate dairy judging contest there, and spent a few hours with the uh, Badger Dairy Club uh, roaming around the the grounds of World Dairy Expo. So it's been a part of my life for uh, upwards of 50 years and uh, looking forward to many more. Yeah, so with that rich history that you have of Expo and being involved in it on different levels throughout your lifetime, I'm going to imagine that last spring was pretty uh, stressful for you as we were going through the beginning phases of the pandemic and eventually coming to that decision to cancel the 2020 show. But what do you recall about those those early days of the pandemic, going through those meetings? What was that like for you? That's an interesting question, Katie. And, and it's interesting because it was not uh, within the last couple of weeks I was filing away some uh, board briefs and some minutes from our meetings from last year. And it kind of brought the whole um, topic back uh, back to life a little bit. It was kind of surreal. In, uh, in March of last year, uh, I remember we had our annual board meeting in the first week of March. And um, at that time, the stock market had already uh, received kind of a hit from the, the beginning of, of the issues with the pandemic starting. And uncertainty in the marketplace. And one of our biggest concerns at that board meeting wasn't the eventual cancellation of World Dairy Expo. It was how it was going to impact our financial position. And maybe we would make some different investments decisions and the finance committee was involved. And people left the annual meeting in early March, just, you know, with a normal after World Dairy Expo annual meeting attitude. And we were looking forward to all the new improvements we had recommended or that the staff and and the key uh, stakeholders had shared about what 2020 would look like in October. And it was just unbelievable then to follow through and, and know that in a couple weeks, you know, the staff was working from home, questions about, you know, what, what next steps were going to be 
the start of many, many uh, executive committee meetings, um, all within a couple of weeks. The pace at which things changed, as everybody knows now, was a lot quicker than we anticipated. And nobody even then was talking about, well, what, what will our show look like in October? It was just like, well, it'll be, you know, in a couple of weeks, we'll know more. And a couple of weeks went by and then a couple of weeks more went by. And it just became all of a sudden the, the gray cloud really did, you know, creep in and, and, and it really impacted us emotionally and strategically. We, you know, we started to look at the reality of, well, if we don't have a site and we don't have access to a site, we and our commercial exhibitors were already, you know, leery about being able to travel in, in a short period of time. It all kind of came to a head very quickly. So the, I guess I would say anxiety was a word that was pretty high. There was so much unknown and so much, um, we felt kind of hamstrung and disappointed at the same time. And I think all of us, when I speak for the, the board and the executive committee and the staff, you know, we just felt like we didn't have any control. We, we wanted to move forward. There was people that wanted us to have you know, uh, consider alternatives to the commercial show. There were certainly dairy cattle exhibitors that wanted us to find a, a different location or a different opportunity to have a dairy cattle show or multiple dairy cattle shows. Um, there was a lot of youth that were already, you know, can, will we be able to judge? Will we, will we have fitting and showing contests? Those types of things. So those were all all coming together at the same time, we didn't have any answers. And then, of course, once it even progressed just a little bit further before we made the decision to cancel the show, you know, we had to consider the safety and the appropriateness of our decision with respect to our volunteers. The World Dairy Expo event doesn't function without this army of volunteers that do it for the passion and the love of the event. And we have we have a great cross section of volunteers of all ages coming from all places coming from different countries even but we have a lot of volunteers that certainly are uh, a little bit more old than they are young and certainly with what we were learning about you know covid and those things at that time you know we were certainly very concerned about you know how could they participate how you know safety issues and that that couldn't be overlooked at the same time either so it in the end, Katie, the decision to cancel last year's event, we really didn't have much control in it. We had some suggestions to look at alternative sites and alternative places that were open for business, if you will. But, you know, nobody knew at, at a time when you had to make those decisions in, you know, June at the latest, what the landscape was going to look like to really host or have an event in a different place safely, even if it was in October. So those kind of things all factored into our decision. And you touched a little bit, Bill, briefly on the other options that were at least talked about or mentioned in terms of, you know, the virtual for the trade show or uh, moving the dairy cattle show or the, the desire to move these things or find another option for them. Why was that route not taken then in terms of splitting things up or or finding a way to host some of these entities within World Dairy Expo? It came from different, I would say, different parts of the puzzle. Again, uh, looking at the commercial side and the trade show side of the business, a lot of our trade show exhibitors, you know, they didn't even know 
uh, what direction their companies were going at that time. Were they going to have, were they going to be involved in other trade shows? Certainly not many of them had great expertise like they might today about utilizing virtual uh, systems to, to uh, advertise and show off their, their products and their, and their uh, abilities. So that was a, a lot of more unknown than known. And um, that played a factor into it. On the cattle exhibit side, um, I think, again, there was alternatives for the dairy cattle exhibitors to look at. And we just felt like the World Dairy Expo brand is so strong and the event is so well known for everything that it, enta it entails. It's not just a trade show. It's not just the world's best dairy cattle show. It's not just some of the best youth competitions. And, you know, you factor in or consider or add in the tremendous dairy recognition that happens during World Dairy Expo, out, not only from the World Dairy Expo family, but organizations like Dairy Shrine and uh, the universities that come together for competitions. You know, that's all an important piece of it as well. And when you started to fragment that and not really know how any of those pieces could come back together, um, it really it really felt like if we couldn't have an, our event in a way that uh, symbolized and represented truly what the World Dairy Expo event is, it just wasn't meant to be. We canceled the 2020 show in early June, as I'm sure listeners know about. Do you remember how you felt on June 4th when that announcement went out? What what were you feeling in your position as the board president, knowing that knowing the news that we were sharing with our our stakeholders that day? It was pretty emotional. Um, it was, uh, you know, our show had never missed a year. We had never had to cancel our event. Um, and there's been other issues that have uh, other challenges that we've been, had to face. Um, certainly, you know, in the early years, they faced financial challenges. Um, you know, we had other years where we couldn't get all the exhibitors there or international travel was challenged. But we had never canceled our event. So certainly as a leader of the organization, I was tremendously disappointed. You know, I, I guess I felt like had we done everything we could I guess the question I woke with a lot of mornings were, were we doing everything we can to, you know, make this happen? Are the decisions we're making the right ones? And quite honestly, knowing the strong team of leaders and, and staff and advisors that we have, those were kind of short-lived feelings. Yes, the disappointment of not having the event was huge, and, I, and there was an emptiness and a sadness, really. But when we analyzed what information we had and we stuck to the mantra of control what you can, can control and make the best decision you can, we weren't, we weren't making any decisions that were emotional. We were taking the proper steps to analyze the information we had and, and look at, again, the health and safety aspect and how each stakeholder interacted with our event. And it, it, it just ended up being kind of an overwhelming, like, this is the decision we have to make. We don't like it. In fact, we hate it. We did, it, uh, and you would remember, we did a taping of how, so we could share the news. And, you know, it was just, it was a bit surreal that you would think of all the excitement on a year-in-year-out basis that 
now we're on the grounds of of the World Dairy Expo and we're taping a you know we're looking forward to seeing you next year and type of scenario it was it wasn't much fun i can share that after we canceled though we kept the train moving and we switched to strategic initiatives and making this plan happen that we had in place starting in 2017 so we're we're halfway through that phase but do you want to share a little bit about what some of those initiatives are what they look like or the direction that the organization is going and and one thing we learned uh, about strategic initiatives and, and business plans is that uh, you can spend a lot of time crafting them and creating them, and they sound great when you get them down on on letterhead. And but there's a lot of outside influences that can change them too. And you have to be nimble, and you have to be willing to accept that you know what was a great initiative several years ago. Maybe maybe the you know, the target moves and, and your goals change and, and where you're going can change. So we know that the, uh, we knew even before this that, you know, trade shows are changing and our customer base has changed a lot. And so this pause, if you will, this cancellation of last year's show did give us an opportunity to roll up our sleeves a little bit and say, okay, well, we're not planning for uh, October 2020 World Dairy Expo event. So um, let's take our our time and let's take our resources and our people and then let's look at our strategic initiatives. And we we finalized uh, some pretty dr- dramatic um, changes to uh, our bylaws and our standing committees and our structure. It was well thought out. We had a lot of meetings and uh, it wasn't until our December board meeting that we we buttoned all up, buttoned up all of those pieces. Of course, we've got a lot of evolution of our event happening on a year in year out basis. We've added, uh, and people will be excited this year when they see the new trade center on the campus as a beautiful piece that adds on to our commercial exhibitor event. And we have spent a significant time, staff has invested a lot of time in looking at most, if not all of our programs, education, youth. Um, we're certainly reimagining a lot of our education Uh, pieces, knowing, again, that we have to continue to evolve as an event. We have to be um, cognizant that our producers and our customers that come to World Dairy Expo maybe look for different things than they might have five and 10 years ago, and education is is pretty high on the list. Um, Yes, we have traditional customers that come on a year-in, year-out basis to watch some of the breed shows, to mix and mingle with Um, our trade show exhibitors, but there's many more that also, you know, now come for youth events, either as leaders, parents, or um, officials, or just curious uh, observers for the youth events and the the competition in that regard. And then uh, we look at the ever-changing landscape where we want to provide even more education opportunities, learnings, and exposure to new products for both our commercial exhibitors and our clients. So we're we're trying to continue to push the envelope to bring new ideas to light and uh, bring opportunities for those people that come, uh, our visitors to the World Dairy Expo event, to see those and have a very organized educational opportunity when they when they do make it to the grounds of World Dairy Expo. And this podcast is even an example of one of our initiatives coming to fruition. So uh, some of them are taking place even before we get back to Expo. 
And one of the other pieces that was included in that plan or has maybe was developed this summer through that plan was this RFP process that uh, we talked about a little bit during our March announcement uh, when we said we were looking at alternative venues for the 2021 show. But Bill, do you want to share what that RFP process looked like or you know, why those steps were taken this year? Sure, Katie. I think um, one, of the, one of the lessons learned from last year's cancellation was we've only ever had one home and we've only ever had one site. And, and we weren't able to have an event last year at that site, at that location. And it's a, it's a wonderful location. It's our preferred location. And everybody should know that we're set up to host the best World Dairy Expo event we can when it's held in Madison, Wisconsin, at the Alliant Energy Center. We know the campus. We have great facilities. We have uh, great cooperation with the people we work with from the Alliant Energy Center, from Dane County, from the state of Wisconsin. It's a perfect fit for us. The pavilions are the best there are, and the continued evolution of the campus in other ways is continuing to make it the go-to place for dairy cattle and the agricultural industry in October of every year. However, when we weren't able to access that site, it kind of caused us to take a, a step back and say, well, even if it's not a, hopefully not another pandemic, what if something else precluded us from having access to that site? What would we do to keep our event going on a year in and year out basis? So, we felt it was uh, what we would call due diligence to make sure that we had explored other potential locations or opportunities in the case of not being able to have our event at our preferred location. And so that kind of jump-started the discussion and the process that we used to explore some of those opportunities. So... We explored opportunities this spring. We we did receive proposals from venues for the 2021 show. We shared that with our stakeholders in early March. Um, we now know that the 2021 show will be in Madison at the Atlanta Energy Center. And I guess at the end of the day, if the decision was going to be made to stay in Madison, why why did Expo decide to tell stakeholders that we were even considering moving? Why was that shared? Well, there was a couple um, reasons for that. One, when we weren't, weren't able to have our event last year, there was some stakeholders that were disappointed because they want to have want to have our event either as an exhibitor or or a, a customer or a client. And one of the reasons, you know, as I explained earlier, was we didn't feel like we knew enough about the landscape from a health and safety aspect. Nor did we have time. You know, it takes a, and you would you would know as more than I would, Katie, that. For our event to be what it is, there's at least a, probably a six-month uh, go function that we have to have. Um, it's a year-round planning, but the execution of having actually having the event is probably circa six months. So we can't we can't wait till August or September and decide we're going to have World Dairy Expo the first week in October. So in this year knowing that we weren't able to have our event last year and knowing that we really, really needed to, we were encouraged by everybody. And certainly that was our drive was we were going to have World Dairy Expo in 2021. At the same time, and no fault of their own, you know, the situation with COVID has 
slowly been opening up opportunities in other parts of the country, but opening up slowly in some parts, including here for business. And so it just, they just overlapped in a way that we didn't feel like we could wait longer and then find out that maybe our facility here wasn't going to be open for business. So we needed to do, again, due diligence and explore our options so that we could be prepared to make a decision if we couldn't have our event in Madison, Wisconsin. And so those things kind of, they, they seemed, from the outside looking in, they probably seemed like they happened one on top of the other, where in reality, they were, they were independent. Yeah. And I think it's important for people to know too, all of the partners that are included in making Expo happen outside of the immediate Expo family needed to know what we were up to too, to see if they would move with us, if moving would have been the option that would have been taken. And until we told people we were considering moving, we really couldn't have those conversations either. So I think that's, that's maybe a key point too, in that whole discussion of looking at alternative venues. And, and Katie, there was a, uh, I'll call it a side benefit. And certainly it was it was interesting to see when the when the word got out that we were at least exploring other other sites with no intention of really desiring to change from our preferred location, but not knowing what access to our preferred location was going to look like. I would say it was very encouraging that the passion and the the dialogue for support of having World Dairy Expo in Madison, Wisconsin was so very high. I mean, it was just, I, I know it was, it stirred the pot a lot and that that was not our intention, but it was great to see that how valued our event is in the eyes of many people from the Midwest, from Wisconsin, from Dane County. And again, our discussions and our communication with uh, the leaders in state government and county government and the Alliant Energy Center have been tremendous. We've got open dialogue and it's been it's been terrific in that regard to help us make the, the decision to have our event uh, this year. And how or why was that decision made now? I guess maybe more on the how side of that question. Well, again, we felt if uh, if we couldn't, if there was obstacles in the way from us having our event, we were going to need time to pivot to an alternative uh, alternative situation. So again, we didn't want to wait too long. And if you think back to the six-month planning horizon, we've got uh, exhibitors, uh, trade show exhibitors and such um, that really want to know. Um, for them, it takes a long time also to ramp up to you know where they're going, how they're exhibiting, and those types of things. So our stakeholders need to know. Our customers want to know. And certainly our leadership and our staff want to know what, what's the next six months look like? What is, where are we going and how are we going to get there? The other piece then we have to talk about is that contract extension that was proposed throughout the midst of all of this too. Did that play a part in it or where does that proposal sit today? It, uh, it had no influence in our decision and has had no influence in our decision for 2021. And we were very um, transparent in that with our communication is that our focus was on securing a decision on where we would have our 2021 event because that's what that was priority. Um, we have several years left on our current lease with the Alliant Energy Center and 
And it was it was terrific news to hear again from local and state government how they want us to stay in there and certainly their actions to offer an extension. Um, you know, there couldn't be a stronger signal that says your event is important to us. Let's sign an extension so you stay here so we can you know work together to make this the right place. And all of that is very favorable. Once we, the leadership of the World Dairy Expo, uh, made the commitment and made the decision that we would have our 2021 event here um, and got the, the answers we needed from the local, uh, from the county executive and from local government and public health, that we will be able to have the type of event that we want to have, that our stakeholders and our exhibitors expect from us here, then now we will, we will pivot to just sitting down with them and discussing the contract offer and, and see where that goes. But we're optimistic that, you know, we'll make a great decision together for, for both parties and uh, we'll just take it one step at a time. And what can people expect from World Dare Expo 2021 or at World Dare Expo 2021? I've been waiting for this question, Katie. I mean, we're so excited. There's, there's, so, uh, there's already excitement because we didn't have the event last year, right? And so we have all of the, the new features of our event that we wanted to have last year. So those have just been sitting idly waiting, you know, the, the Trade Center and uh, some of the, the new programs. And I think the greatest part is just going to be the, like the family reunion aspect. I mean, there's a, it's an understated value and feeling that the World Dairy Expo family has. And, and we saw that, and that was part of what made last year's cancellation so very difficult. And, and we saw this when you go on social media and you saw what people posted that, you know, that's for some people, that's their favorite week of the year. That's when they see people they in the dairy industry that they only see once a year. And so knowing that that was taken away from them and now is going to be, I, I can't imagine how much uh, excitement and enthusiasm there's going to be for so many people to see old friends and new friends and, and people that, uh, you know, they see maybe once a year or maybe every couple of years, but they always see them at Madison, Wisconsin, at World Dairy Expo. That will be a possibility this fall. And so that's exciting. And just uh, just the, the, you know, the number of trade shows has been limited. The number of dairy cattle shows has been, you know, pretty consistent, but not all, all the breeds under one roof, you know, it's, uh, it's going to be amazing. I think you said that perfectly. It's going to be amazing and it's going to be so wonderful to have those reunions happen again. And I guess with that, Bill, do you have any other comments that you'd like to share with, with our listeners why you're on the show? No, other than I would just share that, that all of the decisions that have been made in the last year, 15 months, have always been made with um, the utmost respect for our exhibitors, our volunteers, our staff, our stakeholders. The leadership of the organization took no, uh, none of those decisions lightly, and and we're very pleased that the the trend and everything looks like we you know we're on pace for a terrific event this fall, and we're so excited about that. So just hoping to see everybody here again, September twenty eighth to October second. Perfect. I love that plug on the end there. And uh, with that, thank you so much for joining the show, Bill. We appreciate it. My pleasure. Thanks, Katie.
Thank you for joining us for this episode of The Dairy Show. We hope you enjoyed it. And don't forget to hit like and subscribe wherever you are listening to us today. And of course, don't forget to tell your friends about how much you are enjoying The Dairy Show. We would love to have them join us as well. And last but not least, if you have any comments for us, send us an email at wde at wdexpo.com. We would love to hear from you. 